Hello, friends, and welcome to the Everyday Truth Podcast with Kurt Skelly. We are here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. And we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. Right now, we're studying the book of Revelation in a series called The End is the Beginning. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hey, friends, welcome back to almost our last episode of our study through the book of Revelation. We're right in the middle of our very last chapter, and we'll be beginning at verse number 10 today. But just before we do that, I want to show you my new favorite mug. I know I've said that a lot, but this one might be the nicest mug I've ever owned. So Tony and John Lynn took vacation in Jasper, Canada. Look at that mug. First of all, it's huge. It is beautiful. Look at all the dimension on it. It's got like decorations on the inside at the bottom, which I can't show you because I've got coffee in it right now. That is a beautiful looking mug right there. I might just put that in my retirement portfolio. I don't know how much it paid for that mug, Tony and John Lynn, but thank you for loving me and for thinking about me on vacation. And thank each one of you for uh, just participating day by day in our Bible study. Tell a friend, uh, let's get some more people involved in learning the Bible every day. Pray about, uh, pray with me, if you would, about what our next Bible study will be. I've got a couple good ideas, and the next day or two, you probably, by the time this airs, uh, uh, you will already know what that next Bible study uh, topic will be. Looking forward to that. So, Revelation chapter 22, and let's dive into verse number 10. Revelation 22 and verse number 10, where the Bible says, And he saith unto me, remember now, John has made the mistake of bowing down and worshiping this this fellow servant, uh, this one, this tour guide, if you will. And he has said, no, no, don't worship me, worship God alone. And now the Bible says in verse 10 that he saith unto me, seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. In other words, what has been written and what has been revealed here, the the book of Revelation, uh, this is for consumption now. This is not something to be put away on a bookshelf and to be considered later. No, the, the imminent return of the Lord Jesus is, it well, it's at hand. That's what imminent means. And so this is not something to be tabled. This is not something to be uh, considered later on. This is something that is real-time information. And even though it deals with our future and things that even in our generation are still future, the idea is that we're right on the cusp of this today. And therefore, decisions about what we've learned from the book of Revelation are urgent. That's the idea. Look at verse number 10 again. The time is at hand. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. He that he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. And what does this mean? where John is saying, well, you know, if you're evil, just keep on being evil. If you're good, just keep on being good. But that doesn't sound like good advice. So so what is the gist of 
what the Bible is telling us here in Revelation 22 and verse 11. Well, the gist is this. You have received this information from God, this revelation from Jesus. Now, obviously, it's been through the mediatorship of John and his vision and his writing it down, the inscripturization of it. But the point is, this is God telling us some some important information that ought to affect our decision-making. And what the, the Bible is telling us here in Revelation chapter 22 is that if this information does not move you, if this information does not change you, if this information does not incentivize a different way of thinking and thereby a different way of living, then the, 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 those that are evil are just going to keep on being evil. There's, there's, no other, there's no other thing I can tell you. That, that if you reject this, there's no further information, no further incentive. There's nothing that's going to be more compelling than this. It really reminds me of the story of Lazarus and the rich man. How that when the rich man was in hell and he pleaded for Lazarus to, to, for Abraham rather, to send Lazarus to earth to warn his brethren who were still alive about the awful place called hell and the need for repentance and, and so on and so forth. Remember, Abraham said, they have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And the rich man argued, no, no, but if they, if they heard somebody that rose from the dead, then they would believe. And Abraham said, no, if they reject the scriptures, they won't believe even if somebody rose from the dead. So in other words, the best chance we have is the, the powerful word of God. And if people will reject the powerful word of God, which is the medium by which God is communicating his message, and it's the medium by which the Holy Spirit of God convicts the souls of men. It's hearing comes by the word of God. And the spirit of God applies the word of God in conviction to the hearts of men. So here, a very similar statement. If they're going to reject the open book of the revelation of Jesus Christ, then there's nothing that's going to compel a change. And that's the idea of Revelation chapter 22 and verse 11. So the book of Revelation is kind of like God's exclamation point on the Bible to say, everything I have said is true. All of my redemptive plan is in place. Uh, The future is already predicted. And if you're going to get on board, you better get on the Jesus boat. You better get, you better, you better identify with the Savior He is the author. He is the finisher. He is the beginning. He is the end. He is the first. He is the last. He is God. And if we don't relate to him, remember, this is the revelation from Jesus. This is the revelation about Jesus. And so if we don't find a right relationship with Jesus, then we're lost. Look at verse number 20, uh, verse number, chapter 22, verse number 12 Uh, where Jesus actually is doing some speaking. And it says, and behold, I come quickly. And that's the whole point, the imminent return of Christ. Behold, I come quickly, suddenly. Remember, we talked about this word. And my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. 
So what do we see about the coming of the Lord? We, we see that the coming of the Lord involves reward for those that are that are his own, that those that have trusted him by faith. What, when will that take place? That will take place at what we call the Bema seat or the great, or not the great, or, or the, um, the judgment seat of Christ would be another way that we would label that in Scripture. What's the point? The point is that at the judgment seat of Christ, all those who are saved will stand before Jesus, not to answer for their salvation. That that was answered for at the cross. And when we identify with Christ by faith, trusting him, repenting and believing Christ, our sins were judged in Christ at the cross. So we don't answer for our sins, but we answer for what we have done with what Christ has given us, his salvation, his spirit. Uh, the works that have been foreordained that we should walk in them, the expectation of a child of God. And that there will be the, the trial of our works. So as by fire, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and then there will be reward or loss of reward. And the Bible says every man. So this is not a corporate judgment. This is an individual judgment. And we're judged according to our works. So we're not saved by works, but we are saved by a faith that works. Does that make sense? And so works properly understood and properly implemented are, are a, a reflection of, are the fruit of real faith. Real faith always shows up in works. Faith works. Sometimes you've heard it that way. Faith without works is dead. So there will be a judgment in which rewards will be offered. But then watch what it says in verse number 13, where Jesus said, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. So these titles that are, that are to which Jesus attests, uh, I am, uh, are also titles that the Bible makes very clear belong to Jehovah God. Uh, a great parallel passage here would be Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 4, where the Bible explicitly says, Jehovah God, I am first and the last. So make no mistake about it. Jesus is making claim to deity rightfully. Why? Because while Jesus is the Son of God, he is also God the Son. God existing as that second person of the Trinity. We've talked about this. Look at verse number 14. Blessed are they. Blessed, a multiplicity of blessings. Happy. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life. When we talked about the tree of life and all that was encompassed therein back in the first few verses of this chapter, and, and that they may enter in through the gates of the city. So what gives us access to the eternal rewards of God? What gives us access to the presence of God, to the tree of life, uh, pro prohibited to Adam and Eve because of sin, but offered freely to those who are righteous, who have come to God by faith? Well, the Bible tells us here, blessed are they that, blessed are they that do his commandments. So what is this then? Is this a, a verse that countermands all the other verses in the Bible that says, by grace we're saved through faith and that not of ourselves. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. So are now are we saved by works? Because the Bible says, blessed are they which do his commandments. No, the point here is that 
the doing of the commandments of God are the indicators of true faith. And so what is the demonstrable sign of one who is permitted to enter into, let's say here, the New Jerusalem or or heaven or the eternal abode with God one day? It's the fact that his works, his life is a testimony to his righteousness, and that God has God has done that work in his heart, evidenced by the behaviors of his life. And the Bible says in verse 15, for without, outside of the gates of New Jerusalem, outside of all of the future, the future home of the saved, outside are dogs and sorcerers, whoremongers, murderers, idolaters. These are example sins. Of, of what sin looks like. And there could be a much longer list, but these are kind of like categorical. And then the Bible says, and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. Sounds a lot like Revelation chapter 21 and verse eight. What's the point? The point is not that in the future, there's gonna be this new Jerusalem with these gates and all the good people can walk in and all the bad people uh, that reject God. Here they're called dogs and they're described by their sins are on the outside and they're kind of yelping up at those of us in heaven and uh, they're walking around on the outside of of the New Jerusalem. No, that's not the reality. The the point here is that the saved will live forever because of their faith in Jesus Christ, evidenced by their holy works. They will live forever with God in the New Jerusalem and those that are not saved will not get in. So it's, it's a summary statement. It's a generalized statement. Uh, there's, there's one way, and that's Jesus. From the very beginning, Alpha, to the very end, Omega. From the very first to the very last, the plan has always been about Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life and the life was the light of men. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. It's always ever been about Jesus. The grand story of redemption, search the scriptures. In them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. When it comes right down to it, at the end of the book of Revelation, the question is, what will you do with Jesus, who has revealed himself to you. It's all about him, both for the unsaved to come in and for the saved to find significance. So I hope that helps today. Hope you have a great day in the Lord. We'll see you next time. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.